Welcome to Great Minds, a wine-centric podcast where two wine-loving friends take a look beyond what is in the glass. We look behind it, too, discovering the stories and the culture, the history, and the people that make it all happen. I'm Gina Birch. And I'm Julie Glenn. We also taste a little wine along the way. We already did so, so we started with a sparkler that Gina brought in, but we'll tell you about that in a second. So we took a little time off this summer to do some real, actual boots-on-the-ground travel not just traveling through our wine glasses as we've been doing since the beginning of the year, I think it is. We did like a world tour there. Yeah, we did. And that was kind of fun. And um, so we're still not ready to get back to reality. So instead of the studio, we're in uh, Julie's home office. Yeah, we're in the home <laughs> office. Um, so if you hear uh, the echo or the dog barking, it's, you know, it's just, this is... There's a squirrel there's, outside. There is there, there, there are several squirrels. I'm looking at them now. They <laughs> love a little squirrel. But so you took um, some time off. You went to Kansas City which actually was a great follow-up to where we left off. And I think that was our grilling series. So did you get to enjoy some a good barbecue and some good vino? And I'm going to be KC? honest. I think that my husband put on 10 pounds in one week. Like literally <laughs> put on 10 pounds. I think he ate a half a hog. If not the whole Well, you know, hog. he's Italian, and when you go to Italy, you guys, you always say you eat half of a, a like a prosciutto anyway. So. Yeah. Well, we've bought many prosciuttos, like mm-hmm. a full leg in the house. Um, we do that all the time. However, uh, when it comes to Kansas City ribs, he cannot get enough. And this trip, he discovered burnt ends, which is a Kansas <gasps> oh, City yeah. thing. yeah. That's a big deal. The burnt ends. Did that rock his world? Yeah. He was like, what is this thing? What is this? What I mean, do you mean, Julie? What do you mean, a burnt ends? I, I don't understand. It. The first time he tried it, I guess he didn't. He was too distracted by the ribs. So this time he was just all about it. So I love it. I yeah. love it. But, so what about the wines? Did you have any uh, yeah, good say, wine scene? The wine scene in Kansas City is a thousand times better than it was when I was back there in my 20s. Yeah. Of course, my taste buds at that time were more attuned to super cheap beer because I was in Kansas City uh, during college mm-hmm. and earlier. So uh, by the time I left, I started getting into wine and I wasn't really there. But when you go back and visit now, it's very sophisticated. Really? And I went to a place you would love it was this kind of speakeasy type of a place called the mercury room oh it was a very craft cocktail bar which normally i don't get too excited about craft cocktails because there's too much uh brown liquor involved Mm -hmm. and i'm not a brown liquor kind of person but um this place was incredible Uh, my friend tiffany hooked us up you have to make reservations way ahead of time when you make your reservations you buy your first round so they know. Oh, my goodness. And you're in. And it's not cheap. Like you pay in advance for the first round, too? Yeah. Because uh-huh. the all the cocktails are the same price. What a racket. I love it. But it's awesome because they know that they're going to get paid if you don't show up. Ex- and when yep. you do, they have a door guy downstairs who texts the bartender to let him know that you're coming. So he sets up your area. Makes wait, sure wait. So the cocktail's waiting when you get in? No, you order the, you get to see the list and, and decide what cocktail you're going to get. But they make sure that the bar area that you're assigned to sit at is not crowded by other people. Like you're, they're ready. Okay, that, then, that's cool. I do oh, like and that. And then he takes the little magnetic card thing, you know, like when you go on a certain uh, floor at a hotel, mm-hmm. and he waves it in front of the magnet, magnetic thing, and you get to go to the the floor that is designated for this. It's called the Mercury Room. Look it up online. You can see the pictures. It's beautiful. I would have liked it if you said, when I sat down, my cocktail was waiting on me. Well, it doesn't take long, but the show is worth it, too. The bartenders are incredibly skilled, and um, it's not boring. When you're waiting for your cocktail. I love that. Yeah. That, you're right. I would definitely love that. Oh, you would love And the views are perfect. It's right down in downtown Kansas City. You're looking right at the Western Auto Building. It's the most cool place, and I'm totally going back next time I go to Kansas City, if I can get a reservation. <laughs> <laughs> 
And if my credit card clears for that reservation. (laughs) So you went to a lot of super cool places. I did. I did. And and most of mine, most of mine were work related. I did the harvest tour. Mm -hmm. And well, uh, if you'll indulge me in some future podcasts, I'd love to talk about some of the places I went. One was Lake Chelan. Washington. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing about that. I've never even heard yeah. of this place. I mean, most people know Walla Walla and mm-hmm. Columbia mm-hmm. Valley and some of those AVAs, but this is a really interesting one. So I definitely want to talk about that. And then I went to France. And then I went to France. <laughs> and then I went to France. <laughs> so I was in the, the Languedoc area. Uh, with you love Gerard that Bertrand. I do love that place. And uh, we, I was there for harvest, which is always exciting. Mm-hmm. And, and the same in Lake Chelan, it was uh, harvest. And then I went to Burgundy, which I thought I was going to pee my pants. Yeah. Because it was just super, super cool. Did you um, have a million escargots? I had a lot of escargots. <laughs> I did. And I drank a, and I was able to drink some grand crew out of a barrel but we'll talk about that another time if you if you will let me talk about not let me we already we, we already know what we're talking about i'm acting like this is a big game that you don't know what i'm going to bring up oh do but, tell do tell i can't wait <laughs> so i went to colorado yeah and when you think of colorado you think of skiing mm-hmm. you think of red rocks outside of denver you mm-hmm. don't necessarily think of wine is am i correct in no, saying I, that i think okay. of wine shops maybe yeah yeah mm-hmm. right um so I was sitting at this bar, <laughs> and this is true. I was literally sitting at a bar in Telluride, mm-hmm. and it's a, a friend of mine owns this bar. It's uh, it's called Tellurado, and um, it is a friend who owns a restaurant in Fort Myers, Florida, and his name is Mitch Swanky. And um, the, I know the dude. Yep. I know him. The, the name is called Blue Coyote, and one of the things that makes his place popular is Blue Coyote art from a, a guy named Marcus Pearson. And he's got a whole series of Blue Coyote art. And it's really, it's really it stands out. If you see it, you know his work. It's mm-hmm. one of those that, uh, that definitely stands out. So um, Mitch went to Colorado and... So uh, here in Fort Myers, he's known as the land of big, huge reds. Yes. Like he is Mr. Red. Mm-hmm. Um, and mostly American red wines. He really likes the domestic. Uh, yeah, he does. He's so, a, he's a big, uh, did he kind of do the same thing in Colorado? Well, you know, I, yes, mm-hmm. yes. So when, when I was at the bar, I, uh, you know, asked the bartender, they do all these craft cocktails. So what he's done is it's this really cute little cozy, it's mostly a gallery. And then he's added the bar to it. And I, you know, like look at the list like you do everywhere. And I saw mm-hmm. a Senso on there, which really caught my eye because you don't see a lot of, you don't see a lot of Senso's, you know, single Senso's. They're usually mixed. They're big in the South of France in the area where I love also the Languedoc. And I'm like, that's interesting. And then the bartender said, it's from Colorado, yeah, which, what? which yeah. my spine all of a sudden straightened. <laughs> and my blood pressure started, my heart started being a little faster. And your like, taste buds were like, hello. What are you talking about? Tell me more. The wine geek in me went on overdrive. Yeah. So I said, I've got to try this. I had no idea that Colorado was doing anything. I mean, we all know that all 50 states make some kind of wine, right? Yeah, but usually you end up with like Vitis Labrusca varieties like Norton or something. You right. Know? Or, or Not the that Norton's must- terrible, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Or, or the or the other fruit wines. So I mm-hmm. I, I came to realize that um, since so is the thing in Colorado, um, and uh, the one I tried from was from Sutcliffe, mm-hmm. and uh, he 
Well, well, let's talk about the Senso grape first. Because well, it's huge in southern France. Right. So it's not surprising you were, like, you might have had some, like, you know, I don't know, primitive recognition yeah. that, oh, that's my region, southern mm-hmm. France, Languedoc. Mm-hmm. And Senso is really great for rosés there. It also gets to play a little bit in the Chateauneuf de Pop region. It's one of the minor uh, grapes that's allowed in those blends. So it's around a lot. And in fact, it's very widely planted in a lot of places. And oddly enough, the oldest Senso vine is in California, in Lodi. Hmm. Like See, the oldest, and it was planted in the late 1800s. You're always so good on the history part. That's why I'm like, let's, let's for, for people who might not be as familiar with, with the Senso grape, that, that you know. I'm, it's also I'm one of the about. parents of Pinotage. Ah. It's Senso and Hermitage. Okay. So so this particular one, it was 100%, uh, or, or so they said, and it was from Sutcliffe, and John Sutcliffe, um, is has a long history with Tavern on the Green in New York, so he went out to Colorado and I think I've heard of that place. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe you have. And in like 1995, he started um, planting some of the vines and, and making the wines. And and th- where he is is in McAlmo Canyon in Colorado, and I believe that's in the southwestern part of the state. It's a little drier, and you have the higher elevations there. I'm not sure if it's considered high desert. But, you know, it, it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just thought it was so cool. So I started talking about it. And they're like, hey, just down the road here in, Tell- in Telluride, there's another gallery that doubles as a tasting room. And this is for Buckle Family Wines. And this gallery is called Red Dirt. Oh. And the artist who's in there, she's super cool. It's uh, Unica Rogers. And she paints with clay. Like she, she stains the clay, colors the clay, and paints with it. I wonder how long that can last. I mean, because it could maybe like it could it dry up on the uh, canvas. Well, it does dry on the canvas, and then, <laughs> but I'm not but sure how long it could crinkle right off. You know, I don't bonk know. It or something. But it, she's got to be nervous process. about that. Yeah. I'm sure she knows what she's doing. She's not just going to let it sit yeah. there and crumble away. It, it was super cool. So I tasted through some wines and chatted with her and and, um, and Buckle. One of the ones that we're trying now is a pet nat, and I had these shipped back. Mm-hmm. Um, the pet nat was in a crown cap, and when it got to me, it had leaked. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, oh I'm man. screwed because it's I could see sign. where there was air in the bottle. And we just opened it just to give it a whirl. It and had still popped. It, it still popped fizzed. A lot. It really blew. <laughs> um, it, it was scared the dog. Let's just right. <laughs> tell it so like it is. The pet nats are kind of a new hot thing that, that people Super are Super fashionable. It's very fashionable. And especially if you're into the natural wines and... Um, this one is made out of, uh, Cinso, which we were talking about and Syrah mm-hmm. and it's a, so it's a little sparkling rosé and I think it costs in the low twenties or maybe no, this is like 25, 26, 25 uh, or under, I think is fair. Yeah. But, but this is a little 26. bit more. Um, but pet nat is going to be one of those that's never going to be super cheap. I'm not going to say because it's worth it, but it's super fashionable. And right. it's kind of like an outlet for creative winemakers to have some fun and stop the fermentation a little bit early, mm-hmm. slow it down, not add any sugar, and then let uh, the fermentation continue to happen in the bottle. And that's what gives it the carbon dioxide, right. which ends up beca- becoming integrated into the wine. And that's why it's petalant, which means like slightly fizzy, natural, which is a natural thing, right. like it naturally occurred. And it's called uh, Method Ancestral, right? right? Yeah, and, and or Lemieux, rural in, in that part of France, that's what they call it, ancestral. Yeah, so it's kind of like farmer fizz, really. Is it kind of like yeah, a, farmer fizz is a great? Like, uh, I was, I would think that like a that's usually referring to small, um, 
grower producers in Champagne. But yeah. so I think that's really kind of interesting. You know, I didn't really ever think Colorado wine, and I'm kind of thinking, okay, well, what's it going to be? But they're doing like European grapes, there. right? Right. Um, so it's kind of cool. And there's two actual AVAs, right? Yes. Yes, actually two official AVAs, even though uh, grapes are grown in a lot of different places in Colorado. There are two official American viticultural um, areas. So Palisade is the biggest one. Mm-hmm. It's got about 30 wineries. And I think that's where Buckle comes from, mm-hmm. right? And then the little one is called West Elks, which is home to about half of the number of wineries as Palisade. So it's a little guy. Yeah, it is. And... Um, it's interesting that I actually drove through West Elk. So now that I've got, uh, when I was in Colorado, now that I've got the, the wine on the brain mm-hmm. and I'm paying attention, I'm like, I'm going to drink some more Colorado. And you're looking at those rows of crops and you're going, that's not corn. Exactly. Nor wheat. The, 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 it's typically, we were driving from Telluride to Aspen mm-hmm. and it was just literally by chance that we drove through this AVA. And I'm mm-hmm. looking, I'm like, oh my God, those are grapevines. And then <laughs> I look to the left and I'm like, like a beacon in the night i see this tasting room boing boing tasting boing. room open yeah it really wasn't in neon it was just very tastefully beautiful garden like you know a wine tasting room would be and and i just said could you imagine having a neon tasting no, room i could open sign but that was not i think it. that we yeah. should do that whenever we, we have a winery <laughs> and, and bright pink and, bright pink. and i yelled pull over and my friends you whipped a you they did they did a u-turn we went back and um this was a place called was uh called katori wines mm-hmm and they had some Pinot that literally you could see the grapes from the tasting room. Uh, the the bottles were these beautiful, like mm, like watercolor, and there was just very colorful and, and pretty. And, and the woman pouring in the tasting room, her son was the one making the wine across the street, and someone else in the family made the labels, and it was just... It was it was really cool, um, and most of the the wines there they had Cab Franc and Rosé mm-hmm. and uh, of course Pinot. They were going for around eighteen to thirty dollars, so it wasn't yeah. crazy prices. It was affordable, mm-hmm. and most of them uh, were good. I just didn't buy any because I had already was shipping a bunch back from Buckle. So you already were shipping back a pet nap. Yeah, and a pet nap that leaked. Yeah. <laughs> so you know when you think it really tastes good though. It does. Say. Oh, so let's try the blend that I brought back. Yeah. From well, Buckle. I'm trying. I'm still. I'm trying to kill my pet nap. Okay. Well, it's I'm going to reach over. It's like and... I have a pet gnat that's like buzzing around my ear. <laughs> not, not G-N-A-T, but yeah. N-A-T. So the buckle blend that I got. Oh, you didn't bring a regular glass, did you? Mm-hmm. thought you had a big glass with you. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, so I'll this... just drink out of the bottle like usual. <laughs> Why not? I mean, nobody. Can... this is not video. So I think this is a Cab Merlot and Syrah blend. Mm-hmm. Um, I just poured it into the champagne glass. Yeah, and you know That's what Mr. Riedel would tell you. I know, but I'm he telling would you, smack that is the living very what unattractive. Out of <laughs> Look how hideous that looks. Oh, it looks like Nyquil when it's in a flute. Wow, this is um. Want to taste out of a real glass? No, I can get it. I just need to make sure not to tilt my head. Yeah, <laughs> in the wrong way to get it on the wrong part of my tongue. Colorado is doing some some good things with wine. You know, you think about wine growing regions. Of course, I'm in the wrong glass, but it's still really good. Altitude's I, I a big thing, yeah, right? Altitude. People want mountain fruit. Keeping they want the cool. cooler, cooler mm-hmm. temperatures. And what do you have in Colorado? Oh, a, a mountain or two? Mountains. Unless you're in, you know, eastern Colorado, which is still, like, basically western Kansas. <laughs> have you ever driven that, like, all the way across? I did a lot of driving when I was out there this summer. Well, when you go through Kansas and you get to Colorado, you're like, oh, sweet, we're in Colorado finally, thank God. 
and, and it's like, still more flat. Four hours later, you're like, where are the mountains? <laughs> <laughs> Please give me something. <laughs> but Colorado is a very sunny state. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, even though it's cold a lot, it's temperate. And so you, you hear in Napa all the time people talking about the mountain fruit. And um, that's such a big deal now with the climate change. And I'm really wondering if we're going to see uh, more more we're attention. See more different and diverse yeah. wine regions, I think. Yeah, to Colorado. And um, so I just, I just think it's great. And if you're in the Denver area, if you happen to go out there, there's another interesting place to visit. It's called Infinite Monkey Theorem. And that name is based on a mathematics theorem. Um, they call themselves an urban winery. And math theorem. Tell me more about that math theorem. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that that's where I stopped taking math classes it's something in college. About, <laughs> and, and I'm going to get this wrong and someone's going to email me. But if a monkey hits a, a, a computer keyboard over and over and over a certain amount of times, after so long they're going to get an equation or a word or a phrase. or it's. But, you know, I first heard of Infinite Monkey Theorem when I was visiting Austin many years ago. Mm-hmm. And someone said, oh, you got to try this. And it was this warehouse, funky looking. I'm like, perfect for Austin, Texas. And they had wines in cans and barrels and bottles. And they did yoga in the, in the, on the bare, you know, the concrete floor. And it was just a really mm-hmm. funky, town, funky place. And it started in Denver. And the grapes they source come from both Colorado and Texas. Hmm. So if you want to look up another, something kind of geeky and fun to uh, explore, Infinite Monkey Theorem. is it Bar awesome? tips. We're here for the bar tips. <laughs> That's right. I mean, that, yeah. So Mercury Room, call ahead, of course, right. make arrangements. This place sounds super cool. Right. But the Monkey Theorem, the way yeah. that I type and write. Yeah. There's some tasting rooms in Boulder, too, if you get out to, to Colorado and... Uh, um, anyway, just be open when you, I guess that's the whole thing. Like when you travel, realize that not everything comes from Napa or Willamette or Walla Walla or mm-hmm. Burgundy or Champagne. I mean, that there are some other things out there that actually make, they're making some good wines. They're doing some really good things out there. And I was pleasantly surprised. And it shouldn't be that surprising to us because, you know, we know a little bit about wine, a smidge. Um, but Colorado has got all that altitude. They're like four to 7,000 feet. Um, they're way up there and really sunny weather. Yeah. Really nice sun. weather. Um, and really happy people. And I think happy people make good grapes. I love Colorado. <laughs> I do of, too. I was jealous about all your travels and I can't wait to hear about France. Mm, I can't wait to tell you about it. But let's sitting here in my little <laughs> world, just like, I want to go. <laughs> but you know, that, that was a purposeful trip to go for harvest. And I love when we stumble upon these things like Colorado. So thank you for indulging me. And I'm glad I was able to bring some wine back to, to share. And, uh, and I'm feeling like our listeners might've missed us a little bit. Maybe they a did. smidge. They did. And we're going to be doing a whole lot more. Oh, we've got a lot of fun planned. Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producer for online media is Tara Calligan. Great Minds theme music is from the band Victor and Penny. The song is You'd Be So Nice to Come Home To by Cole Porter. To get in touch with us, check out greatminds.org. For Julie Glenn, I'm Gina Birch. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Under an August moon burning above